0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash Natter and cover just the postage of £4.95. And, if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Newcastle Natter, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to uh, www.beer52.com forward slash Natter to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, Newcastle Natter listeners get two extra free beers.
1: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by, in the studio, live in front of me, Paul Doolan. Hello. And on a phone, in self-isolation, Dave Watson. <coughs> Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. For the I'm record, insane. you're not in self-isolation.
2: No, I'm not. Um, although I'm on the run from the law. Because uh, this morning, uh, this afternoon, as I had left work, I picked up some stuff from Sainsbury's, managed to get all the way to my car before realising I hadn't paid for it at all. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> had to go back and... Um, like meekly pay for it while two police community support officers were buying, I don't know, a can of Iron Brew or something beside me. I thought I genuinely was like, oh shit, they're going to nab me. All
1: oh, right. So that I, I was wondering, yeah, I was wondering what the end of that story was going to be. I thought it was going to be, and then I got into the car and went home.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was there was part of me that was tempted because, like, um, I did get all the way to the car and I thought going back in to pay for something that you've just honestly forgotten to pay for, is probably the most embarrassing thing I'll do this week.
1: I think it shows... I think it's... I would almost do that on purpose, just for the kudos. Yeah. I think it shows, it shows you up to be a, a good person. I, I reckon... have a
3: friend who, she didn't need to do it, but would always steal toilet roll. She would... You know, when you clip it onto the bit at the back of the trolley... And she'd go through and do her shopping and pretend she'd forgotten to put it on the thingy belt for about three years. <laughs> Mad.
1: Was it, do you think it was just the fact that she could get away with it? Yeah, I the, think it was it the was thrill. The, the thrill. We've all been there. Well, there's a lot of people been experiencing the thrill of getting toilet roll yeah. <laughs> in the last few days. Oh, there was a cough, Dave. Dave, I've had a tickly cough and I want the listeners to, to listen back to previous Natters. I've had a tickly cough in every Natter since at least December.
2: So, you know. I can't remember recording a Natter where you haven't had a cough. I always have.
1: I know. I always have a bit of a cough, which regular listeners will know and will not judge me for, but that cannot be said for, uh, People on public transport at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you know, it's like walking around with a sign above me saying pedophile. <laughs> Which, Which is will- a foolish thing to do at the same time. To be fair
3: though, the courts insisted you have that. So <laughs> yeah. What are you
1: gonna do? Oh, I got there so quickly. Um okay, so um what what is this podcast about again? It's about Newcastle. Okay. It's about football, right? Okay. Newcastle United uh, yep. football club. Uh since our last podcast, which was I don't know, the, the regularity that we do them 2 weeks uh, ago. It was it was 2 weeks about I don't know, about 800 deaths ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. That's (laughs) (laughs) rough. We'll make a decision as to whether we should edit that out or not.
3: No, keep it in. Oh, Jesus Christ. History
1: needs this as a document
3: (laughs) of how quickly the virus spread.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, look, we'll document it. The question is, will there be another Natter in two weeks' time? Who knows? We're
3: still doing our Live from Palermo podcast, aren't we?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the thing. Me and Paul are like... uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. So, fucking football. Right. <laughs> the last net, <laughs> the last net that we did, I don't remember how many results ago that was. Two but results d- ago. Well, if it was two results ago, then it was two fantastic results ago. It's it's, it's been- not been a l- bad uh, week or so, has it, Dave?
2: No, it's been good. I mean, even in the the Burnley game because it was. Burnley, the West Brom and Southampton game. All three since this. The because um, Bruce made some changes to the to the lineup and switched to four at the back and I don't know, just played with a bit more impetus, a bit more attacking verve. And we looked better against Burnley although we couldn't get the win. Um, and then certainly against West Brom we looked good until the I don't know, sixty first minute when Almiron went off. And against Southampton, I think that's. Is, could it be said it's the best we've played all season? Which it's not a particularly high bargain. We that won, or the West Ham
3: game, I would say. But it's the yeah. most possession we've had, surely. What about the Man
1: U game at home? That was pretty fucking good, I thought. A I good think
3: it was game, a good game, but it's not the best we've played, I'd say. I thought we played yeah, very well. I think it's. It?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, I'd agree it's with It's the that first ball. time in a long time we've
1: controlled a game. Yes. Uh, so uh, West Brom let's go through uh, the West Brom FA Cup game fuck uh, Burnley that was boring the West Brom FA Cup game we went 3-0 up yeah I mean yeah I should have probably checked this when was the last time we went 3-0 up and who was in the charts (laughs) (laughs)
2: it uh, was it Eiffel 65 and blue <laughs> you might be
3: right Kieran Dyer Lauren Robert too I think yeah.
2: <laughs> um did you did you guys well I know I know Paul you watched the entire match yeah um, it
3: was on the red button
1: but slightly delayed it was a weird one yeah i was only able to watch the second half when it all went to shit uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i think we all we were a little surprised, surely, by how um, comfortable a situation we were able to get ourselves in, and then perhaps it, yeah, unsurprised I mean... by how uncomfortable we were able to make it by the yeah. end.
3: Yeah, it felt very unlike us to considering we'd come up against Oxford and I always forget who the team was before Rochdale. I know, Rochdale, I always think it's Rotherham, and made really hard work of that, and then being 3 0 up just in, at the start of the second half, you think. This feels very un-Newcastle. What are we going to yeah. do to rectify that?
2: I mean, to did? put it into context. It was West Brom. I think I can't remember how many changes West Brom made, but it was a very changed West Brom side. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was uh, Chris Brunt and Gareth Barry were not at the races at all, um, and we had the run of the the centre of the park. I thought, to to their credit, I thought um, the forward line. Very, very well against West Brom. Um, lots of movement, lots of interchanging of passes. And I mean, the
3: new St. formation Max- has just changed. Like you look at a heat map of our games now, mm. and we're actually in the opposition box more than once.
2: Yeah, and that that was something I noticed that when we were attacking, it wasn't just um, like Saint Maximin and Almiron in the box. You, you were seeing the midfielders and, and bloody hell you saw Joe Linton in the box a couple of times
3: Yeah.
2: so we were attacking in numbers and we didn't look overawed at the back but then again it was West Brom's reserve so put that in like, like I said, you've got to put that into context but I think the only reason that, um, that they got back into the game is because when they made a switch it was not long after we took Almiron off and they brought on uh, an attacking midfielder who does play a lot Uh, I can't remember his name, it's like Karanovic or Kavanovic. I I can't remember. But he really changed, like Almiron's departure and this guy's um, introduction really changed the game. They were playing much more on the front foot and we we were just dropping further and further and further back and just inviting pressure. I think part of it is that we're not used to being 3-0 up.
3: Um,
2: I do remember that at 3-0, Dwight Gale... uh, Broke with Joe Linton, and they had a chance to 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 wrap up the game. You know, four 0 Even with the, the the guy's introduction, we'd be much more comfortable. to their heads would drop, and the game over. But Gail spurned that chance, and then it was you know three one, three two, and very very nervy end to it.
1: I feel like I've I've and I take full responsibility for this, guys, as uh, the host of uh, the Newcastle. Latter. I feel like I've overlooked. the the headline here, which is that we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paul, who was in the charts the last time (laughs) we were in the quarterfinals (laughs) of the FA Cup? It
3: would have been 2005 or 2004, the year we had Man U in the semis. So I'm I'm going to say stereophonics would have been there or thereabouts. I was in
1: a taxi the other day. (laughs) Oh, Clang. (laughs) Clang. (laughs) And, uh, and someone's uh, earning a radio station I wouldn't normally listen to was on uh, the radio. Let's just say. And um, the, uh, the Stereophonics had won best band at some awards ceremony <laughs> the night before. I was like, "Stereo, <laughs> do they still exist?"
3: I didn't know they were still a going concern. But if you're listening, lads, keep well
1: done. I'm keep glad you, you beat Cast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah it's it's been a long time since we 've been in the quarterfinals of the FA cup i mean yes it, we've had a pretty easy
0: uh yeah a run not in.
1: anymore though we've drawn man city at home. we've drawn man city but i I believe whatever uh you you feel about the the current regime and the um the current uh management it's 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 a it's a very good moment for Newcastle United Football Club. Am I wrong, Dave?
2: No, you're right. I, I think it's a great achievement to get to the, the quarterfinals in the FA Cup. And yeah, yes, we've had a, an easier run to that quarterfinal than, than a lot of teams. But then, you know, we've got there. You can only beat what's in front of you. And we have done. I mean, yes, it's taken us a couple of attempts to get rid of the League One opposition. And, uh, you know the the reserves that we played against West that they played uh, that West Brom played against us fine it doesn't matter though because we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup against Man City who before us I think it's before us they've got Real Madrid and after us they've got the Liverpool game or it's the other way around so either way it, those are two big games that even if they even if they're going to take the FA Cup seriously and they're, they're, I mean they're still going to want to take the Champions League seriously because they they won't you know play a weak side against Real Madrid and they'll want to take the game against Liverpool seriously because even though they're 20 something points off the title and you know the, the the title's gone they'll still want to put in a good performance against the best team in the league at the minute so it could be that they field uh, a rotated side with with maybe Phil Foden instead of David Silva or or however they line up it will be a changed side so and it's a knockout competition and we've got like you know, players who can, on their day, score absolute worldies in Alan St. Maximin and John Joe Shelby. So, I'm not, I'm not as negative as a lot of people. I think in a knockout competition, you've always got a chance.
1: And we, if in the last couple of years, we've had a few good performances against very good sides. Our best performances have been against sides that we shouldn't really be doing well against. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we're, we're a, a club that's, um, that's sort of built around, uh, you know... I uh,
3: wonder if we'll go back to five at the back against Man City because that is where we've looked quite decent against them. I'm not sure <clears> if I want us to or not. Cause I think with their technical midfielders, we could be easily overrun. But my my main worry is I think we'll probably get to an FA Cup final and it will be played at an empty Wembley. And it will just take the sheen off. <laughs> but that would be a nice problem to have. It'd be
1: t- this, uh, uh, I was wondering whether to talk about this, because it, it's so much speculation. Like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen mm. in the next few weeks in uh, in football or in our own lives? Well, I think
3: there's a strong chance that even the quarterfinal against Man City might not have a
1: crowd there. You, I mean... It- Paul, just, just before we started recording, Paul found out that the Chelsea-Bayern-Munich game is going to be played behind yeah. closed doors, and that's between two countries that, at the moment, aren't at the sort of peak of the... Of the we're talking about the coronavirus here, guys. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in the rest yeah. of this season? But it seems like, to talk about or what side of Manchester City are going to be playing in the Champions League? And I understand we don't have any other way of talking about these things. But like there's so many variables, it's absurd. Yeah. And if and if there's one silver lining, I hope it's that we win a cup. <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know. It's
3: it could it could kick start the nation. <laughs> Begin the healing
1: process. It's it's such a weird situation. I mean, just as a sidetrack for a moment, uh, I was thinking today about Liverpool. All these years, waiting to get that league and now so far ahead, <laughs> it feels like it's quite possible that the season might be declared void. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
3: the reassuring thing is I would say there's a strong argument for just saying either end the season now, and the table stays as it is, in which case we're safe, and you
1: just have a a mini cup at the start of next season. I think the funny thing is, we would be like, I think we would be totally fine with that. As Newcastle fans, we'd be like, great.
3: Villa would be worried, but then they have got a game in hand, so they could escape relegation
1: in one game. But Liverpool, Liverpool, (laughs) Liverpool, would just be. It would just be. If they couldn't go on to win again next season, it would just always be like, yeah, oh, yeah, but that time you did win it, you didn't really <laughs> win it, did you?
3: It would be <laughs> awful to see a lot of disappointed scouses. It, yeah, it would really that would, hurt. That would be the and worst, be the worst about thing that.
1: about it. That would be the worst thing about it. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably get off that subject because we don't know what we're talking about. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and I'd but like to think that there's no one out there... Uh, getting their information from the Newcastle Natter. but for <laughs> anyone out there for whom this is their primary news source uh, i'll just say um, follow the guidelines uh, but we're in a cup quarter final we're in a cup quarter and that final. doesn't happen often, and that doesn't happen often, and that is a good thing and we won our last week league game uh, yes. it was against uh, who was it against Southampton. Dave Southampton. <laughs> Southampton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was just testing you. I actually watched it. I happen to know that neither of you did. (laughs) But I was prepared to ignore my child and watch that game.
2: (laughs) So you watched it and you couldn't remember who it was?
1: I knew who it was, Dave. I was just testing you.
2: Right. You, You thought of all the people on this podcast to test about the fixtures. I was the one she used to test.
1: Yeah, well, you know. Yes, you may have been the one who was like, "Oh, the game! we were doing all right in the game until about the 61st minute when <laughs> Albaron came <laughs> off. Yes, uh, we played uh, Southampton. Uh, from what you know of that game, now having watched it, Dave, you've seen the, si- the highlights and I know you've poured over the stats. Tell me what happened. <laughs>
2: um, it was... I tell you, like from all the highlights that I saw, and I was just following it on, you know, on on Twitter and stuff like that, because I couldn't couldn't watch it myself. Um, we played really well. Um, the, the the pressing on Shelby did not exist in the first half, and he was able to spray. He just stretch the play, control the play. He he was man of the match in the first half. Second half, his um, his influence waned a lot because they they did start. You know, closing them down a lot more. I mean, obviously the game changed uh, for Southampton when the, the left winger Gineppo, was sent off, and it was you know it was early on; it was only half an hour into the game. But um, to even even at that stage, we'd had several good chances that, uh, that Dwight Gale. I don't know. He got on the end of it, he didn't. He didn't finish well at all, and there was that memorable uh, triple save from McCarthy from Gale and then twice from Almiron. you know we were on top and we were we were creating good chances and we were stretching them around even before they got the man sent off and as soon as the man sent off, they just retreated into their into their half and made it very difficult for us to get through, but even after that, we were still causing them problems and um I mean, did, you, you've obviously seen the, the red card. I don't think that's controversial at all. I know it went to VAR, but I think VAR did its job. You had a look at it. Yeah,
3: it's a red card. Yeah,
2: he, I,
1: I concur. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that was a red card. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was. It felt like, uh, wasn't there one of the ours who stuck his boots into uh, one of their chests? Monkey Yeah, but he was, yeah. he was sort of pulling out. It was an unfortunate thing, but I could have understood if that had ended up being a red card but you know i have bias but i think it's probably the right decision for it not to be like i think var went our way in this game but rightly so i think that the the southampton fans uh watching it live they felt like uh everything was everything was against them which is Mm. you know what you can get as uh fans sometimes when you know it's a lot of marginal decisions that are actually being made correctly but mm. it is against you. For example, the penalty, Paul. Yeah. Which we all, I mean, assume, agree was a penalty. It's point. definitely a handball. And uh, Matt Ritchie, I mean, were you visualising in your head a, a corner flag being kicked a minute later? Yeah. I thought.
3: Sort of... I can't figure out if it was a
1: bad penalty or not. I don't I'm, think I'm, it I'm, was a bad penalty. It wasn't it, a... Uh, it wasn't in the top 10th percentile of penalties, it wasn't like an, a brilliant, unsavable penalty. I remember his but penalty against Man City, when we beat them last
3: season or the season before, was a much worse penalty that still went in. I think right. it, was, it was...
1: It was, you know, it was a very good save. The keeper went the right yeah. way and it was a good save. But well, we do have a terrible record at penalties. We never get penalties and I think we've now... Missed like four of our last six potentially.
3: Yeah, I guess this could be a sign of the change in formation and system that we've got now. We're so much more attacking. We may start to see more penalties if yeah, the last few games are representative. Of how which we're means it up. would be handy to get
1: someone who can score them.
3: I bet you know what I bet Fabian.
1: I know this is a massive hypothetical because you know we're unlikely to get another penalty this decade. But I bet F- F- Fabian Shah can hit a good pen. Yeah, I, I can't see him starting a game for
3: as well. We've got four at the back, though. Uh, bring him on. I'd have thought Dwight Gale would have been our penalty taker. Yeah, but it feels like
1: Dwight Gale has not played a
3: lot of football recently. That felt very telling in the game. And, he had uh,
1: several good chances. Yeah, his his yeah. if he has one. Good thing about his game, Dave. It's finishing, and that was uh, that's been missing in the last couple of games. Am I right?
2: I, th- I think you, the best the best thing about Dwight Gale is his movement, and yeah, he, in the championship, he gets a lot of goals. I think at this level, he he needs more chances than than most to put one away. I, d- I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. I know that I know that two or more. Um, more supportive of him than I am. I think. All right, all right. All right. No, just, go, no go <laughs> on, go on. I just think that uh, he... I don't know, the, the chances that he spurned against uh, against Southampton, had, um, had Joe Linton been on the end of them, I think one of them would have gone in. And I don't think Joe Linton's a great finisher. I but think, I well.
3: would... I would argue back. Joe Linton wouldn't have been on the end of any of oh, those no, chances. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely agree that I, point.
1: Yeah, you might but, be right, but yeah, it's, we've got... <laughs> we've we've got, got, got a
3: real Sophie's Choice in got, strikers. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've got one striker who can, at the moment, get in a number of positions but not finish, and another striker who is, you know...
3: There is a caveat to that, though. The one who can't finish at the minute has only just come back from a very long layoff. I think Dwight Gale... Though he's not proved it in the Premier League, has proved that if he gets enough chances he will score. Joel Linton has been fit all season and has shown he can't
1: I'm get glad into to those s- positions. I'm glad to see Dwight Gale back involved and um, you know, we only have the options that we have and But um, then I
2: think I uh, think this switch to the new formation, like you say, is gonna create <laughs> a lot more chances. And if if Dwight Gale needs two or three games to get, you know, to find his shooting boots then we've got ten games left till the end of the season. He is, he's in. He, if, if we continue to play this way against teams around us, below us, then I fancy him to get you know five, yeah. or six goals. Definitely, um, he, he is a, a poacher who feeds on um, on uh, on chances. And with Alan Saint-Max, Almiron, Shelby, I think we'll create them. I, I really do. I think I wasn't expecting us to be very good at the back. Uh, with four at the back but we look okay. I thought we were going to get overrun in midfield and yes, they were a man down, but I don't think we were overawed against Burnley and I don't think we were overrun against West Brom and I don't think we were overrun against Southampton either. So I I fancy us to get the um the points that we we need to stay up, but also I fancy us to get fancy us to get some some surprising results if if the players in form stay in form.
1: Okay, so uh, two uh, game reviews in a row I've uh, forgotten to lead with the headline. Uh, and in this game, it uh, was uh, St. Maximan's terrific performance and goal. Enjoyable, Paul? Yes. It's
3: He is looking more kind of Ben Arthur-esque every game. and it's, They even pointed out on Match of the Day, it's that sort of skill you don't see anymore of just someone willing to take a player on yeah. and it is i think newcastle especially takes to that kind of player i think we take
1: to it and yeah we to really, a fault yeah sometimes. i think we really enjoy it but also the squad we have the quality we have we really uh value it
3: yeah because yeah. we're
1: not going to string together uh 15 passes, we're not going to string together six or seven passes to create a goal mm. very often. So having that, that sort of individual brilliance is very handy. Am I right, Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the goal is, the goal that he set up um, in, in against West Brom in the Cup, where he's got two men on him, goes to ground, but he bundles his way back up, bursts past a couple of players and puts a, a cracking ball through for Almiron to get on the end of. Um, that kind of skill, yeah, like you say, haven't seen it since Ben Arfa. And St Maximum's getting a lot of um, um, uh, comparisons between him and Adama Traore. And I think that if if um, St Maximum can progress as Adama Traore has in a couple of seasons... We could have a really, really good player on our hands because he's quick. He's got um, he's got great feet, and he, he can score from from far out. I I'd love watching him play. Um, I don't mind that he's not great defensively. Um, I don't I don't really care about that because he, like you say, the value that he provides this team is his ability to 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 unlock an opposition defence which we don't have the the players to do but and I think happens, as well he's not left-
3: like a, he's not like a ginola it's not like he won't defend he does put quite a good shift in as well he does yeah. a lot more running you'd expect for a player who's as good at dribbling as he is
2: well I, for,
1: I for one look forward to seeing him come off the bench for Everton next season
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah I think that is a, a, an issue is that if he has if he can like, for the rest of the season does does really well for us I could see Tottenham coming in for him, or Wolves, or Leicester, someone like that. You know,
1: I guess that the thing that I don't know might knock down his value would be his seeming injury susceptibility. But if you put that aside, mm. I mean, what did Richarlison go for? Forty million? Uh, no, didn't he get, Was it? I felt like it was more than that,
2: but yeah, maybe. Yeah, it might be more, but it was at least forty. And yeah, yeah,
1: he'd probably made a bigger. Joe Linton, yeah. I mean, if Joe Linton is worth, yeah. (laughs) But basically, we need to find. I mean, from a financial point of view, and this is not what I want to happen. We, if we can find another Newcastle United, (laughs) then maybe he could go for seventy million. Um, I'm going to go for a break now. Okay, we had some good news in the last couple of days, uh, depending on how you see it. Uh, Three of our players have uh, received new contracts. Unfortunately, uh, not the Longstaff brothers. Dave, who were those players?
2: Richie and Shelby have got three-year deals. Um, I think Shelby had like 18 months left on his contract, so he'll be about... 31, when his finishes. Richie will be 33, and it was announced that, that um, Federico Fernandez has had the option to extend his contract by a uh, year uh, um, used, so he'll be here for another year. And I think Fernandez, I'm fully behind. I think he's he's played well. Another year, uh, I think it's I think it's, there's no harm in that at all. I like the idea of Richie um, having an extension to the. To his contract because I think he's done very well the only reason I would extend Shelby's contract is so that when we sell them in the summer we get more money from him
3: Paul uh, I mean at the start of the season I would have agreed on Shelby I think we all thought his sort of days were numbered but is he still our top scorer and we especially with this formation we look so much stronger with Shelby than without him he's the only sort of creative Outlet that we have that can sort of start moves. So I think he seems like a crucial player to us at the minute if we're going to play without Lejeune and Longstaff. We sort of thought might fill in that role, Sean Longstaff, that is, but has done nothing this
1: season. Yeah, I would say for our, I mean, the Longstaffs haven't signed contracts, which is worrying sean long still got another year i think at least, okay but he? still you know that it, it's sort of but worrying yeah. for the long time long-term future but uh i would say that i'm i'm definitely not shelby's biggest fan but we are i think when you are a club like us who are in relegation battles and don't tend to spend money and when we do spend it badly uh Getting rid of a player or allowing a player to go who does have that ability to to uh, provide quality is
3: yeah he's nice. going to run know, hot and cold
2: route. usually, but when he's hot he is hot I think that's because I think the Southampton game showed that he can he can string you know have the opposition on strings for one half and then the second half all he needed to do was take the game by the scruff of the neck a bit and didn't do it and his like I say his influence just waned he's too inconsistent for me and he doesn't provide um a lot of energy in the middle of the park um i think essentially we're playing with trying to give him like almost like a free rein in the in the center of the park and because he has the ability to pass 60 70 yard balls to feet he does tend to drop deeper and that pulls our entire um, team deeper as well, so I th- we were trying to sign some midfielder in January for forty odd million pounds, which says to me that there's um, they've certainly got an eye on the future for that position. Um, I'm hoping it's to replace John Joe Shelby rather than let Sean Longstaff go for nothing, because for all he hasn't had a good season, I think a lot of that is a hangover from the injuries that he's had. Um, I think he's a he's a good young player, but some it's, some it's not right with him at the minute. I hope they do sign them both up, but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd still get rid of Shelby. I now. still
3: think I, with Shelby though, he's probably been, if not our best player, then one of our best players this season. So he's he's earned the
1: new contract. I, yeah, I would I would say that it's a everything's a risk, but it, it might work as a good sort of insurance policy just to uh, I you know. I We've hope that the, I hope that signing well, those three players isn't a sign that we're saying we can now uh, build the club around those three players.
3: Yeah, no.
1: But I, th- I, think, I tell you what I is interesting sense is to keep them.
2: That, sorry, I was just saying that what is interesting is that they're all going to be over thirty, and for a club who who you know famously wants to sign young players with resale value, not one of them is going to have resale value. Um, in a couple of seasons, so it's interesting to see us seemingly add experience or keep experience in, in the club. Um, something that Rafa Benitez was fighting for, the Hewton valued, the you mm. know throughout throughout the like all the way back, like Keegan, one of his first signings was to Klein because he knew that we needed experience. So it's interesting that it's taken sort of like twelve years for Mike Ashley to to come round to the idea that actually keeping keeping older players, for all they might not have, the legs of the youngers, young lads, and they might not have the, the resale value, they, they have value to the club.
3: I think it's not completely new, because we did with Coluccini for quite a while. I think the thing with Ashley is just, he won't spend big on old players. <clears throat> but keeping them seems to be a different matter. You look at these deals and think, why on earth didn't we sign Rondon then? I think it's just yeah. the transfer fee that stopped that
1: happening. So, um, I'll have a quick look at Twitter before we go. Uh, David Stratton says we were much improved. Credit to Bruce for changing it to attacking uh, an attacking formation, a formation he said the players couldn't play. So, credit with a side of caution for, uh, for Bruce. Shelby and Gale really make the difference. A sharp Gale grabs a hat-trick, so we're safe too. Okay, big words from David Stratton, but he says uh, that we are now safe. Uh, Thomas Burkan, if we win the cup, will Dave Watson admit that Steve Bruce is the greatest Newcastle manager of the <laughs> last 50 years? It will be a fact at that point, right, Dave? No, it
2: wouldn't be. No, that's a ridiculous, <laughs> thing. no, Thomas, no. Self-isolate.
1: I think that that was a, a, a tweet with a side of, uh, sarcasm, but, you know, uh, I think I saw that you put out some questions, Dave, but your questions were very sort of yes, no. So the responses are very much, I'm not going to read them out because they're all just basically no, no, yes, no. (laughs) But what I will say is, I'm I'm happy to admit that uh, those that replied to you tended to be on uh, your side of the argument when it comes to Steve Bruce. Uh, so that's because they're on Twitter and not in the real world they're mate. not living in the real world mate whereas us living in the real world and seeing uh, two victories yeah I mean the thing to
3: remember with Bruce all the, it's not, he's not suddenly an amazing manager because we've managed to beat Rochdale, Oxford and West Brom getting to a cup quarter is good but it's only as good as the teams you beat to get there that's true
2: and the performances that you put in on yeah. route I mean, yeah. It, it, look, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to criticise him for getting us to the, the the FA Cup quarter final.
1: I mean, that would be an amazing move. <laughs> that, would, that, would just that would be phenomenal. that would be pure Dave Watson, and this yeah. is. This is like such an idiom- idiotic move when we're in a, a relegation battle for him to get us into the quarterfinals of, of the <laughs> FA cup. While we have extra, <laughs> extra games. That is such irresponsible. a foolish, it is an irresponsible, foolish move. To
3: actually pick strong teams for the first time in ten years or whatever in the FA See, Cup. See, Raffi
1: would never pick a strong team in the FA Cup, and that is why he's a good <laughs> man. <laughs> man. Fuck you all. And... <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, fair, fair play, yeah. Fair play, guys, fair play. <laughs> okay, uh, what else have we got now? Uh, we've got uh, Andy Walsh. Uh, he says, does not going down this season only prolong the agony? Bruce's record tells us he's a master of mediocrity. Could there be cabbages before Christmas? I don't know what that last one is. I don't sentence. know what that last, last question is. It mean, feels
3: like, like some Soviet spy talk. That was no, <laughs> could, there be, know, could there be cabbages
1: before Christmas?
2: <laughs> when Bruce was at Aston Villa, the um, the Aston Villa fans uh, threw cabbages.
1: Oh okay. uh, all right.
3: All right. Smart. It sounds more like <laughs> a we now return to today's radio play cabbages before
1: Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could there be cabbages before Christmas, Tabitha?
3: I say, it sounds awfully like there's going to be cabbages before Christmas this year. Okay, we've got Better tighten our belts.
1: We've got a show title.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I I think Andy, Walsh, Andy Walsh just needs to... look. Just We're likely staying up. We're in the, the FA Cup quarter final. You, you've got to... Yes, there are problems at the football club, but just enjoy this moment, because fuck knows they don't last, and there'll be some something to be really upset about in a couple of weeks. So I'm just going to enjoy two wins on the bounce, FA Cup quarter final, and yeah, let's, let's just be happy with yeah. that. Yeah, eh?
1: I'll support you in that endeavour, Dave, because you know Andy Andy Walsh follows up with going down, uh, going down to help with removing Ashley. Staying up evidently doesn't. And that, you've got yourself into a real catch 22 as a football fan. Mm. If uh, you, you're upset when you lose games and you're also upset when you win games because it, it might keep the status quo. I think you've got wrongly to allow well. yourself. Yeah.
3: I think wrongly, because we've been down with Ashley twice and it's not got rid of him.
1: You've got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's that very important piece of information. And if we're going to be on this journey, of following, uh, of, <laughs> of following the football at Newcastle United. You've got to allow yourself moments of joy, or otherwise, what's the point? Take up another hobby. You've got to, like, sure. that yes, the big picture is we're we'll all agreed pretty much to a man in, as a fan base that the, the regime is terrible and we want it to end. Mm. But, you know. But if you'd offered me at the start of the season pretty
3: much safe. By March, in an FA Cup quarter final, and with a new left winger who
1: can beat people for fun—that's all I want out of a season. It's fine. Enjoy, the, in, yeah. Enjoy these weeks. Enjoy these moments. Enjoy the odd players that you have who are provide moments of uh, of joy. You know, enjoy it, guys. <laughs> We've not got long left. It could be <laughs> cabbages before Christmas. Um, and uh, finally, Bedford Mag says uh, I'll keep quiet this week let someone else use the 280 characters and i fear that Bever mag there feels that he's been uh, chastened in previous pods about his uh, l- um long contributions to the show and i'd just like to say we very much uh, appreciate them we do so uh, we do so you know continue to uh, be involved and that goes to the rest of you guys Be involved in uh, the Newcastle Nata. Be involved in uh, the lives of your family and friends.
3: (laughs) And for goodness' sake, make sure you have cabbages before Christmas.
1: Well, no, no, this is down. No, we don't want cabbages before (laughs) Christmas. This is the thing. Cabbages are coming. They're a bad thing. We don't want that. Okay. And uh, and, and with that, I, I will leave you. Thank you very much, Dave.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be nil-nil against Sheffield United. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Always
3: bringing it back to football, aren't you? Thank you very much, Paul. <laughs> Sheffield United prediction. Uh, thank you.
1: I think we're going to win 1-0. Yeah. And uh, I'll say uh, nil-nil as well. All right, I think nil-nil is a damn good prediction. And like I say, you know, it's a uh, it's great time to be supporting us. <laughs> Nil nil. All right. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is the Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.